How are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Raycon. This is going to be a fun and uh, fun episode to me. Honestly, we, we get to see the people over inside of Russia try to explain how they took over Kiev in the beginning of the war and then for some reason decided to give it back. There's also been some advancement possibly happening down inside of Kyrgyzstan, which we haven't seen at all. Like, it hasn't really happened in the last month or so. And the northern portion of the country looks like it's going to be another sore spot for the Russians. I got to give a quick shout out, though, to my VIP Patreon members. We got A. Martinez. We have Crunchy. We have Dawson McClendon. And then we have Jason Fincher, Jeremy Jumby 762, Mazapan 76, Paul Sidness, Zach, and X6 Panda. Thank you all who support us over there on the Patreon. It's greatly appreciated. These videos would be very difficult to do with the amount of costs that come along with them, making them mainly because every single one of these videos is not monetized out the gate due to the content we discuss. So if you guys want to check out our Patreon where you guys get exclusive videos every single week and all videos over there are ad-free, you guys can check it out. I'll be in the description below. Thank you so much. So we've seen a lot of propaganda being pushed from the Russian side of things. That is, of course, done to try and sway the logical thinking Russians that still exist over there. But this one is just weird. Находили танки, боевые бронемашины, БМП, там БТРы, люки заваренные, что сверху, что снизу. То есть делалось все для того, чтобы экипаж не мог покинуть машину. Ну, сказать то, что они насильственно из них сделали смертников, можно сказать. Ну, они тоже люди, тоже хотят жить. Многие экипажи танков, вот, встречал и фотографии, и сам такую видел. Картину танк отворачивает башню назад, проезжает к нашему на позицию медленно и останавливается. Глуши двигатель, и из, ну, слышны из него крики, удары, в основном бьют. Три коротких, три длинных, ну, как сос, все. Наши техники их вытаскивают оттуда. То есть они не ведут боевые действия против вас, танкисты? А, не, есть танкисты, которые прям яро ведут. Заваренные? Нет, заваренные по большей степени нет. Они понимают то, что это ну, смерть. So not one time during this entire war have I seen images and or video proof of this actually happening. You would assume if we are trying to, or if you're trying to say something like this, you have at least shown proof or maybe even welded up someone, uh, well, maybe not one of their own tanks, but maybe one that's been destroyed to show this actually happening. It's very, very weird thing to proclaim, but it's just another piece for them to use in an attempt to make it seem like the Ukrainians are wanting to give up the fight and are being forced into the war. Уже толпы-толпы мобилизованных домой обратно приезжают. Не такие, как надо бы домой приехать. В смысле? У нас в Мукарсибире уже вообще до хрена. Чуть ли не каждый день пишут. И пишут, что самое интересное, но это вот мы до сих пор что-то разобраться в ситуации не можем. И типа не то, чтобы там где-то на учениях, либо где-то там в боевых действиях. Уснул, блядь, и не проснулся. Вот недавно случай был. А он был там, на передке. Уснул и не проснулся. Ну, не знаю, может, чтобы чтобы статистику не портить, как бы, блядь. Сейчас скажу, что пиздец, все, все там здесь умрут, нахуй. И хуй кто пойдет больше. 
Они же там еще на декабрь собирают. Ну, это я тоже знаю, да. Но скажи, что прям мрут и все. Ну, как бы видишь, у меня, блядь, вот мы в Новосибе были, там кто в палатках-то ночевал. Ну. Там, блядь, один, короче, себе вены вскрыл. Второго, короче, порезали. Третий от синьки сдох. Четвертого трое в жопу выебали, нахуй. Ну, это я же знаю, мне Митя рассказал. Ну, там пиздец, короче, вообще. Полный. То есть это, блядь, уже четыре человека минимум, блядь, даже до войны не доехали. So that right there is the second time we've actually heard the Russians will be mobilizing more men or more individuals by the end of the year. Yesterday, uh, inside that episode, we talked about there's a fact that this keeps coming out. They're going to add an additional 1 million people, including 300,000 women to the fight. Not entirely sure, but I would assume the women won't be used in any actual combat situations given their society that they have over there inside of Russia. But they're going to be there for more of like, I'm not going to say moral support, but like helping facilitate in the war efforts. Paperwork, uh, making beans and bullets is the best way to put it. Right now, the Russians are going to utilize their men on the front lines, and I want to assume a lot of the women, if they get called up, if they do call this 300,000, will be shifted into those those more logistical roles. I just I just know how they work. The whole situation environment for those mobilized men right now and like the way they're living is just, it, I don't know, it sounds horrific. Like from the living conditions to the people they're forced to being around, it, it's just bad. It makes you kind of cringe a bit when you see what they're, what they're talking about, what he's, what he's just saying. It's just like, ugh. it just makes me want to do that, you know, it makes your skin crawl just a little bit. And you guys know we have the holidays coming up and sometimes you want to kind of get away from, I don't know, being around people at the airport or being on the road. I don't know, being in the car with somebody, right? I don't know, just a quick, quick way to get away from being with family, you know, family stressors. Raycon's wireless earbuds, headphones, and speakers offer premium sound. They have almost a like a full-on fledged custom fit. They're comfortable as well. They give you guys 54 hours of battery life. Anyone you gift them to will use them right away. I can assure you guys this. They might start a party in their own living room or escape the party completely with the earbuds. You know what I mean? Some some much needed Zen meditation. And for the person you guys are actually gifting. Like the person who's gifting them, you gotta save a lot of money because you guys are getting for half the price of other premium audio brands. What do I like best about Raycons? Well, this is pretty easy. They come with these little these little nuggets right here. So you guys don't know this, but these these nice little rubber pieces, yeah, you can literally change them out so they fit your ear. They stay in there nice when you're on a little a jog, you're on a run. They're not gonna fall out. They're just gonna say suction cupped into your ear. They're not gonna fall out of your head which is one way to look at it. Raycon makes the stressful holiday period easy. They have a holiday gift guide for everyone inside of your life, like your mom, your dad, your coworker, your fitness lover, your gamer, whatever it is. I don't care what it is. And for the next month, Raycon will have a countdown to Christmas with a new pop-up flash deal for you to take advantage of every single day. You guys can actually find Raycon inside of stores now, like Kohl's or Walmart. But let me tell you guys right now, this is going to be the best deal ever. All you got to do is go to buyraycon.com forward slash speak the truth. Go to buyraycon.com forward slash speak the truth and you guys will find offers for free shipping, free returns and buy now, pay later options plus a 30-day happiness guarantee. Check them out. They'll be linked to the very top of the description. 
or you guys can go to buyraycon.com forward slash speak the truth to get 15% off site-wide with the code holiday. Yes, that is right. Go to buyraycon.com forward slash speak the truth to get 15% off site-wide using code holiday. There will also be a new pop-up deals every single day during Raycon's countdown to Christmas. And I'll try to keep up with the description box updated with everything for you guys, but make sure to go check them out right now. Go to buyraycon.com forward slash speak the truth. It'll be linked at the very top of the description. You know what? I have decided to actually finish out this entire episode wearing my my Raycons just because they're so comfortable. And I, I'm probably saying, do I sound like I'm yelling right now? Am I yelling? Okay, I'm not, I'm not yelling. I'm going to make sure, but we're going to do it. We're going to give it a shot. Uh-huh. So y'all remember yesterday's episode when she was a bit more worried about the fact that I don't know she was going to be held accountable for what she said over this war. You know what I mean? Well, it seems with like, I don't know, within one day, she's just like, you know what? Let's just go back to what we were talking about beforehand. Что мы сильнее, мы умнее, мы благороднее, мы еще какие-то там, мы просто замечательные, поэтому мы должны сделать первый шаг. Но этот первый шаг там воспринимают исключительно только от нашей слабости. А наплевать, как воспринимают там, мы это делаем не для них, а для себя. Но хорошо. Вообще плевать на них. Они исключают два сценария: третью мировую и победу России, то есть проигрыш Украины. Да. В их представлении победа России это если Россия останется хоть что-то, включая Крым. Да. Да. То есть они считают, что Украина должна забрать все. Донбасс, Херсонщину, Запорожье и Крым тоже. И вот это их устраивает. Ага. А другое не устраивает. И третья мировая тоже не устраивает. Так вот, сейчас будет тавтология. Так вот, исключение этих двух сценариев – это взаимоисключающая ситуация. Потому что на самом деле будет или одно, или другое. Понимаете? Или мы там победим, как, как мы считаем это победой, или... Рано или поздно это и будет третья мировая. Я не вижу никакого другого пути. Вы допускаете каких, третью мировую. А при каких обстоятельствах мы отдадим Крым? I mean, I think we can all agree that we knew this to be true. Uh, they either were going to win or WW3 was going to happen. Yes, World War III. I've said this about a million times. And it's a real possibility that we said... God, I've said this so many times. I feel like I feel like a freaking broken record sometimes on here. So the Russians and their egos, they're not going to allow this to this thought to actually take to fruition and will do just about anything they can to stop it from happening, including the possibility of some sort of nuke in the future when all, all hope is lost. I also do believe the Ukrainians will not stop until they take back Crimea. And we are seeing some indication that there is a chance that the Russians are expecting the Ukrainians to move across the river in the south, which will take about, well, we're going to talk about it here later on in the episode. Шансы есть? А как вот так вот даже, да? Ну а как? Ага. А они не остановятся перед тем, чтобы его забрать. Значит, что? Значит, Третья мировая. На что мы пойдем, чтобы не отдать Крым? А точнее, на что мы могли бы не пойти? Байден не имел в виду, и из его оригинального текста это совершенно очевидно, что, дескать, мы готовы к переговорам, да. в том смысле, в котором мы это здесь поняли и услышали, что, а, надо же, они теперь к переговорам готовы. Нет. Май, э, Байден имел в виду, что если Путин согласен полностью убраться, это грубо говоря, да, я ага. сейчас не цитирую, а смысл, ага. если Путин готов полностью убраться с Украины, мы с ним обсудим, как ему это сделать. Все. Майкл правильно сказал, он готов обсуждать с Путиным условия капитуляции, больше ничего, он это имел в виду. Ну, понятно. Ну, тогда, сейчас, Секунду, тогда. Тут э, ребята из Арти, значит, э, опубликовали документы, к 
которые донецкие хакеры... А, есть, да, вот они, пожалуйста, да. Донецкие хакеры, это ребята, значит, эти документы взяли на сайте системы управления войсками США. И там, смотрите, что написано. Из меморандума о планах России запустить, внимание, межконтинентальные баллистические ракеты «Сармат» по Украине и Польше. На Понимаете? что мы не пойдем, если будет угроза нашему Крыму? На что? Понял. Да, Нормально. понятно. Yeah, right. These these Russian hackers were able to get into our system and expose the truth. Okay. Actually, speaking of truth, have you guys actually started seeing the stuff that's coming out on Twitter? Uh, what, what's what's that, guys? What's Elon Musk? God, Elon Musk is just like you know what? We're just gonna throw everything out there. My God, I should do an entire episode just based on what do they call the Twitter uh, the Twitter files? It's pretty pretty nuts. Они показывают, как мы нанесем ядерный удар по Киеву. Прям в подробностях показывают там мощность бомбы какая-то там сумасшедшая там и так далее и так далее да. Мы никогда не нанесем ядерный удар по Киеву. Они это говорят. Никогда. Они это показывают. Абсолютно исключено. На кого тогда это рассчитано? Это абсолютно исключено. На кого это рассчитано? По нескольким причинам. Причина вторая. Это абсолютно бессмысленно, потому что это ничего не решит, потому что Киев как таковой мы победили в первую неделю. Мы его напомню. Ну, просто мы в Гастомеле уже были, везде были, взяли фактически, да? И я знаю военных, которые там были и были в ужасе от того, что им было приказано оттуда уйти. Я лично знаю этих людей. Мы сражаемся, начиная с начала марта, ни с каким не с Киевом, а сражаемся с Западом. Тогда с какого рожна нам бросать ядерную бомбу на Киев? Мы с Киевом, правда же, не воюем. И все это происходит... Вы задаете, Маргарита Симонна. Не из Киева. Это, это причина вторая. Логичные да. вот, вопросы, которые, ну, это, собственно, логикой подсказаны. Это исключено. Никакой Киев мы бомбить не будем никогда. Ага. Потому что есть причина первая. В Киеве расположены наши святыни. И никогда... Ни Владимир Владимирович, ни Сергей Кожугетович угу. не примут решение угу. о том, чтобы разбомбить Киево-Печорскую, например, лавру. Это угу. просто исключено. Угу. А вот, например, в Вашингтоне наши святыни нет вообще. Даже угу. в Лондоне ни одной нашей святыни нету. И в Берлине их нет. Я согласен. Все, что ты говоришь еще раз, это продиктовано логикой, нормальной человеческой логикой, да с учетом, собственно, нашей просто позиции. Просто так и есть. Да, с учетом нашей позиции. So how in the world can that guy tell her, is this Thinking is like her thinking is logical way to think. Oh, so this is the chunk I told you guys about at, at the beginning of this episode where it discusses how they somehow defeated Kiev and then decided to just give it right back and now we're fighting the West. I, I'm not going to go into detail, of course, how they're really not fighting the West because they didn't need to be talked about for the 50th time. And for sure, like a thousand percent, they didn't take Kiev. Let's go throw that one out there and, and make it into the outskirts of the city and destroying some buildings and sustaining so many casualties that they're forced to retreat back into Russia because every single route leading into that city was cut off and or being hit randomly by ambushes so they couldn't facilitate any support to the men on the outskirts of the city. Yeah, don't you worry. I at least haven't forgot about what really happened there and how much of an absolute disaster that operation really was. It really was one of the most piss poor examples of military movements we have seen in modern history. So way to go, Russians. You at least have that award going for you. Луганские такого больше не считают. Они их братьями больше не считают. То есть те нас всегда считали врагом, а мы их считали еще братьями. Вот сейчас это все прекратилось. Эта война, это такая, такой экзистенциальный выбор на самом деле. Потому что если мы ее не выиграем, мы ее не, про, не проиграем. Мы просто перестанем существовать. Проигрыша в этой войне быть не может. Потому что э, нас просто сомнут. Война, с моей точки зрения, она надолго. Она 
пока мы не ликвидируем этот нарыв, пока мы не разгромим Украину, я скажу вам больше, Украину как форпост Запада, вот, и пока мы Киев, извините, не возьмем, оно все не закончится. Впереди очень тяжелая большая работа, большая кровавая работа. So I'm not entirely sure if this guy has, I don't know, if he's spoken to his counterpart before making this interview saying they need to take Kiev and, and have a win inside of Ukraine, but he probably should have. I am almost, well, I'm also not entirely sure where he's getting information to actually come from. He's claiming that the stronghold or like the strong point for the West is inside of Ukraine. I think we have a bit more resources that have not been shown to the world thus far. Более того, скорее всего, надо ну, просто надо понимать, мы все-таки воюем действительно не с 40 миллионами там, этой Украины, да, где растоптаны практически все активисты русские, они расстреляны, убиты, там, посажены в тюрьмы. Репрессии все вот эти последние несколько лет они велись целенаправленно, там уничтожалось, запугивалось все, что наше. Это не значит, что на той стороне все там враги. Безусловно, там колоссальное количество людей, которые mm -hmm. наши люди, но они все терроризированы. Пройдет еще достаточно много лет после даже нашей победы, когда мы сможем обеспечить полную лояльность этого населения, которое распропагандировано против нас. So just wait one second before we move forward, because... I'm not sure, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure about something. There, Nazis inside of Ukraine. This is, this is coming out. Here we go. Once again, here we go. The whole world trampled on and shot and imprisoned thing. Like, where is he trying to claim this has come from? Like, wouldn't it be your own country that's actually doing this to your own people? Intensification is a long process of restoration of this huge space, which today is called Ukraine. In fact, it's anti-Russia. It's not to do Russia. And there it is. There it is. There's the talking point we were expecting. There it is. I don't know why I'm doing that with the mic. There it is. We knew it was coming. Denazification. Трох вы говорили в Донецке и в Луганске смотрят вообще на все эти разговоры о переговорах. Ну они напрягаются при каждом сообщении о каких-то переговорах, потому что уже много этих переговоров было, чем они заканчивались так называемыми перегруппировками, значит, наших вооруженных сил. Ну вот, и это не, не, не добрые новости. Для меня переговоры могут быть только об одном, о форме капитуля, капитуляции. Только о форме капитуляции. Значит, та страна рассматривает все наши даже заявления о переговорах, не говоря уж о попытках их проводить, как демонстрация нашей слабости. И на войне это очень опасно. Ни в коем случае нельзя показывать свою собственную слабость. Вся наша страна, она прекрасно должна понимать, что какое-то замерение на этом уровне с таким более мощным врагом, а враг более мощный, чем мы, надо просто тоже признать, оно приведет к деградации нашей страны. Поэтому мы, кровь из носу, должны добиться значимых военных результатов. После этого мож, могут быть какие-то временные значит, там, там, определенные действия, но еще раз говорю, победа будет только тогда, когда мы физически уничтожим эту угрозу всему существованию нашей страны. Но победа будет за нами? Победа, конечно, будет за нами. Это безусловно. Либо нас не будет. Я думаю, на этой ноте и закончим, Дмитрий Олег. Спасибо большое. So this is the new narrative that they've been pushing on every single Russian every single day on all the platforms. If they lose, then they're going to cease to exist. And the West is going to take over Russia. That's pretty much what's going to happen. So that's 
It's entirely what's going to happen. So if you're watching this from Russia, I promise you, if you guys lose inside of Ukraine, we're going to we're gonna float across that big ocean and we're going to come after your country because like we're going to... We don't, we don't want that frozen cesspool, I can assure you that. I can assure you of that. Ain't that right, Charles? Damn he said, damn, I can't barely hear him because I got my Raycons in and I sound like I'm yelling at myself. Okay, so yesterday we saw the Ukrainian military was making some good progress in the southern portion of the northern front, if that makes any sense. Southern portion of the northern front. After I, I uh, say that out loud, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Ron Kramina. So today we're seeing a bit of an advancement on the northern part of Sivitov and more of an unlikely area, which I'm going to circle it right there. Yesterday, the advancement happened down here in the southern portion right through here. Actually, it's right there, too. That whole portion was seeing some progress. I'm actually somewhat shocked these two little nubs right here are still there. I really am. I told you guys I didn't think they would last very long, and they have. They've lasted actually a few weeks longer than I thought. But. This northern area makes you wonder, okay, makes you wonder if they're trying to gain access to the P-66 route that comes out of Sivitov and heads north, this one right here, okay? That's the one I'm talking about. I think with the ground hardening inside this area, it's it's bringing cold, it's cold as balls right now. It really is. It really, it's really cold. Uh, they're seeing some positive movements from the Ukrainian forces. We're going to see this happening over the weeks to come. And I think it's been somewhat hindered here recently because of super muddy conditions, okay? I do think that to be, to be the case. So... Anyway, I'm going to slide down here towards Bakhmut. Hold on, we got a lot going on down here in Bakhmut. Bakhmut is a, an absolute mess. There hasn't been a lot of movement over here in this area, so I'm just going to slide over here to Bakhmut. All right. Not, not like not much has changed, but I'm going to tell you guys right now, we know the fighting around the city has been very, very heavy over the past month. So here recently I stated that I personally believe that the Russians would be, or it seemed to me, that they would be attempting to push their forces north, attempting to surround the city itself of Bakhmut. Okay, that area right there. Now, the route that I thought they'd be going after, I'm going to go ahead and highlight it right there. See that one that goes between that and Kostin Yavika? Okay. To do this, they're going to have to cut off that main road. Okay. That's what I think, at least. Літаємо, стріляємо з будь-чого, з АГСу, з БМП, міномети. Я гадаю, що багато підрозділів, у кого є нормальні вогневі засоби, не просто калаші, а те, що стріляє на 2-3 кілометри, має це ефективно використовувати, особливо в найпружних, напружених ділянках, де навіть арти не вистачає. От ми зараз на півдні намагаємося стримати противника. And I found this segment of a video to be very interesting because they believe the Russians are attempting to take this same area that I had stated. And they're also thinking they're wanting to achieve this within the next two weeks or so. He says by December 15th, which is a couple of weeks from now. They're, they're going to have to shove a ton more men, more troops into this area, more equipment into this area to, for this to be successful. They did take this little tiny town uh, two days ago. 
Now, are they going to continue up this route? Or are they continue through here? Are they continue to there? That's what I do believe. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. I think that. The, guy, the men on the ground who are actually fighting the war, they're seeing the same thing I am. Um, there hasn't really been any change on the ground that's significant, but I thought that sharing this would actually give you guys some insights of what possibly could come. So shifting over to Kirsten. Now we're sitting over here. I'm going to tell you guys right now, the Russians, we started seeing them pull back inside of certain areas. We know this is this to be true. I don't know the definitive line yet, but I'm going to say it's roughly something kind of like this. Okay, this There's no one really here. I'm going to say this is no man zone right now. I don't really entirely know. I don't think anybody really knows. Uh, the definitive line is not really set. Okay, it's not like other parts of the country. Well, we know it's pretty much that. But the Ukrainians have been pounding this area with artillery, which has kind of forced the Russians to actually pull back, which makes sense. You don't want to lose men for no reason. They need the men. Okay, now the Ukrainians have actually crossed this river and somehow made their way across and raised a flag on the left bank of the river last night, which is down in this area right there. Okay, just on the opposite side of Kyrgyzstan. Not entirely sure if they're doing this like as a stunt or if this is an indication of what could possibly come, or are they crossing right now? Is this a legit bridgehead? Or is this a photo op for them to say, hey, we're inside your backyard. Get ready. We're about to just absolutely give you a pounding. Who knows? I have no idea. It's kind of cool to see. But we know for a fact there is one visual confirmation of the Ukrainians on to the left side of that river, which is kind of a big deal. So We shall see tomorrow. There's a lot coming. A lot coming down the pipeline. Do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm out.